All right, all right, all right. So welcome to another edition of the Coach's Box. I'm filling in for Coach JP3. You know, life happened, so he couldn't come on the show tonight. So, uh, you know, I'm stepping in in, in the host role today. Uh, but we still got the infamous and the legendary Coach K on the show with oh, us absolutely. today. So how you doing, Coach K? Doing pretty good, man. You know, just got some hot topics I'm waiting to chime in on. Been, been waiting all week. Yes, sir. I'm ready yes, for sir. it. I'm ready for it. Absolutely. So speaking of some of those hot topics, so of course, um, you know, I'll do my 90 and 90 edition on my uh, opinion of European soccer news or European football news, which there was a lot this week. Um, we're going to do a little NBA talk, talk about some clutch sports drama. I'm uh, going to talk a little NFL with uh, some unvaccinated issues going on up in New England and as well as around the league. There were some other players as well. Um, we're going to do some M NFL playoff predictions. And then lastly, but not least, we'll talk about what's going on in the sports media world, specifically um, with ESPN and what seems to be like King Stephen A. Smith making big moves over there these days. Bro. <laughs> so I'm going to jump right into it. So my 90 and 90 segment. So again, this is a new segment uh, started last week. So, you know, there's 90 minutes in a, in a football game or in a soccer game and I'm going to try and cover uh, just my thoughts in 90 seconds, and then I'll have extra time on top of that where I'll just go more specific on a topic. So first, um, this week, just the transfer window, this, this, this has been the craziest transfer window I've ever seen. I think it's the best transfer window I've ever seen. Um, Christian Ronaldo today officially signed with Manchester United going back to his old stomping grounds, which is crazy Man. because there were some rumblings that, you know, he wanted to leave uh, Juventus, um, which is an Italian club that he's been at for the past three years. Um, but it just kind of happened very quickly. I mean, within two days, he's leaving. He tells the club he wants to leave. And then Manchester United signs him. Initially, it was Manchester City, which is Manchester United's rival um, that was looking to sign him, but that fell through. And then Manchester United just kind of came through at the last second and just and just swooped up with the win there. So um, I think it uh, it's a good move for Manchester United. He's 36. So, you know, obviously he's a little older now. Still very, very effective. Scored tons of goals. Um, I think it definitely moves them up in the Champions League rankings, I would say, in terms of power rankings and, and, and favorites to win. I wouldn't pick them to win, um, but I think this definitely significantly helps them as far as winning the English Premier League. Um, and they haven't won it in, I believe, since 2010. So for a club like Manchester United, that's way too long <laughs> to not win the English Premier League. So yep. um, next topic. So Kylian Mbappe, it looks like he's on his way out of PSG and going to Real Madrid. Um, so last week, the bombshell news was Messi going, or not last week, but two weeks ago, but Messi going to PSG. So, you know, everybody was excited to see kind of like this soccer version of a big three with Kylian Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi, but looks like he wants to leave. Um, <laughs> as a PSG fan, I'm not disappointed in it. I'm okay with him leaving because I don't think he wants to be there. I think he 
wasn't really that excited about Messi coming to PSG because he's 22 and he's definitely on the verge of being that next great player. And I think in his mind, he's on the same level as a Messi. So the best way by doing that is proving it by going to a bigger club like Real Madrid and, and trying to win that world player of the of the year title. Um, so I honestly think it would have been, he would have been the sort of the monkey wrench in the whole thing, because again, if he didn't want to be there from the beginning, then it's not going to work. So they might as well just let him walk. Um, so my extra, extra time topic, I'm going to really stay with this whole transfer window scenario because not to get too much into the technicalities of it, but this is definitely the best transfer window I've ever seen. And that is the best transfer window in soccer history, because you basically had, if you can imagine in the NFL, if you had Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Let's say they all switch teams in one offseason. That's basically what just happened. <laughs> and if Kylian Mbappe goes to Real Madrid, that's basically what's going to happen. So it's just totally unprecedented. And I think just there's just been some of a layover from that whole Super League fallout that teams are just trying to step up their game in terms of just going all out and going all in to try to win. And I love it. And, you know, I hope it continues on. So, you know, this season, I think is definitely going to be very, very exciting amongst the European soccer world. So that's what I, that's all I got. That's my thoughts this week for the European soccer. Um, you know, it, it's going to be pretty, pretty crazy. So that's, that's what I got. Got any thoughts, man, questions, coach? Man, so, so I was just like, I'm still just amazed at like, I mean, just the analogy you made and the fact that, I mean, like soccer transfers are so much more fluid. Like Absolutely. you look at the, you look at the NBA. It's just like you have to <laughs> don't show up to practice. You know, I mean, look at James Harden, like he going out to the club, like breaking <laughs> all kind of protocol rules. Yeah, you know, and it's just like. I don't know, like, I don't know. I wish we just had some of that in yeah, in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yeah. And I don't know, like, I, I think it's just structured so, so much better. And uh, I agree. I agree. Because, again, like, you know, if, if somebody doesn't want to be there, I mean, look, if they already if one if one leg or if their mind's already out the door but their body is present like they're out right there. so you know and then what happens is they just get compensation for them so um it looks like mm -hmm. in terms of the transfer fee of a killian mbappe it's going to be about 170 million euros which is about like 200 i think it's 230 million dollars you know u.s oh dollars my. So, and that's just a one-time fee. That's basically right. Real Madrid just saying, hey, we're going to pay PSG $230 million to basically take on Kylian yeah. Mbappe's contract. And then, you know, we're going to renegotiate the contract when his contract is up at the end of the season. That's And that's what they do. Now, everything may not be that high of a fee, but that's basically how it works. Because if a player doesn't want to be there, it's like, okay, well, you know, we can get some – we'll at least get some compensation back. So, Damn. of course – 
we're losing yeah. a player, but you can at least flip that and say, okay, we'll buy some other players or look against some other players. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's no hard feelings. And then that's, it is what it is, you know? Yeah. So, and like, and like with the transfer fee, like, it's not like you can really stack your team unless you're willing to like spend the money. Exactly. 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 That's yeah. That's why I love it. So we'll see. I mean, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of, and it's not over yet. The transfer window is over on Tuesday. So, you know, there still can be some other moves, (laughs) you know, I'll definitely cover that next week, but, um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll, I'm definitely excited. But uh, switching gears a little bit, so we'll talk about uh, our NBA topic this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> as some of our listeners may have heard, um, so Nerlens Noel um, is a player for the New York Knicks right now. He actually sued Rich Paul. Rich Paul is the infamous uh, agent for LeBron James and for the Clutch Sports organization created by Rich Paul and LeBron James as well. Um, so essentially, he is <laughs> basically suing him because he felt like it was Rich Paul's fault that he didn't get his full potential or his full earning potential, I should say. Um, now, it should be noted that before this suit actually came down, Rich Paul actually filed a grievance with the Players Association because essentially um, before he let him, before Nolan Noel let him go as an agent, <laughs> he still owes him compensation for the contract that he signed with the Knicks. Um, So Rich Paul basically is saying, Hey, like, you know, this player still owes me, I think it's 200,000 or a hundred thousand dollars, something like that. Um, So, you know, he filed a grievance and then essentially what Neuro's Noel did was just sue him as a response to that. Um, So coach K, what, what are your, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was your initial reaction? What was your thoughts on this whole situation here? My initial reaction is I need to look at all the facts here. <laughs> so, but, um, was, so I'm like, did Rich Paul, like, specifically go up to the Mavs and say, like, No, nah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start up this way. No one's no Nerlens Noel. It's probably one of the dumbest. <laughs> that was one of the dumbest. <laughs> how, how can you, how can you play Rich? Very stressed right now, y'all. I'm looking at him. He's extremely stressed out. I'm like. <laughs> Bro, I I would, I'm just like, how do you turn down a $70 million contract? Like, first of all, you're injury prone. You you came off of an ACL tear from college. You shouldn't, you should be taking any kind of like contract that you can get that's like that. Because that would have been like, what, 18 million a year or something around, yeah, like yeah. yeah around there yeah. like so number one and i guess number two he was getting rich paul's advice on this yep. and rich paul told him to turn it down and then he made a and then he asked for a max contract extension i'm like 
for what? <laughs> what what was he averaging? Like some like I don't even think he was like what nine maybe somewhere between like seven and nine points a game, seven to nine points a game, right, or something like that. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> Bro, I I don't know. Like, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't blame somebody else for your own stupid decisions. You gotta take the money while you can, you know, when you can get it. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't really think. I'm just like I don't see how he has like the stand on trying to sue this man for for something that he did. Like you 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 can get advice from somebody, but still your choice as to whether or not you you turn something down. Like I don't get it. And then still, if you if you so you say you have to also you have to understand the implications of okay if I'm going to bet on myself, like <laughs> like. You have to you have to be willing to accept the consequences for that. I'm like what well, he got hurt, so yep. You know you don't. He, I mean, I think he's even lucky to have the contract to, that he has with the Knicks, at least. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, it's like the only the only people willing to invest in him was the Mavs at that time, and um, I don't know. It's, Man, I had I had something else I was gonna say too, but this dude is just an idiot. <laughs> that's all I that's all I really have to say. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I, I don't really disagree with anything you said. Um, just to give further context on the situation. So um, you know, long story short, like looks like Nerlens Noel was at Ben Simmons' birthday party. This was in Los Angeles. Um, obviously. Ben Simmons is a client of Clutch Sports as well. So, you know, a lot of Clutch, other Clutch players or, you know, players that are represented by Clutch Sports were there. Um, Nerlens Noel just happened to be there. Um, and, you know, he's talking to um, Rich Paul. Mind you, he was actually, he was already represented by a different agent at the time. This is just Rich Paul just, you know, chatting it up with him. Like, most other agents would do um, no different than, you know, if you're going for another job or if you're getting recruited to, you know, for another job or something like that, they're going to kind of like gas you up a little bit. Like that's what, that's what they're going to do. Um, so for one, to your point, <laughs> Rich Paul may be ga gassing you up and telling you, Oh no, you need to turn that down. You're a hundred million dollar player. He can say that, but he's not your agent. So the fact that you took his advice, that's on you. Um, number two, to your point, he once he signed that one year, I think it was a one-year $5 million deal with the Dallas Mavericks, he broke his thumb. So the fact that you didn't get the $100 million after that, that wasn't Rich Paul's fault either. You broke your thumb. <laughs> so, I mean, I understand, like, if you look at, some of the players that have been paid, especially this offseason, even previous offseason, you're kind of scratching your head a little bit. I'm pretty sure he's looking at himself and saying, hey, I mean, if that guy's getting paid that much, I can get paid that much, which, okay, I can understand that logic, but you got hurt. 
and to your point, Coach K, you're you're somewhat I want to use the word injury prone, but you've had injuries in your past. So again, to your point, you know, if you're gonna bet on yourself, you have to kind of calculate that risk into you know what you're planning on doing. So I, I just find it a bit hilarious that he's countersuing Rich Paul. Um <laughs> But, however, I will say this. I do think it's interesting that this even came out because, you know, I mentioned this in, you know, in our group, in our group chat. I said, um, you know, I've heard little just through my job because I do work with with the Players Association on my job. So, you know, there, there are some little insights and tidbit information that I'm a little bit more exposed to. Um I've heard that stories like this surrounding Clutch Sports and LeBron James are going to start coming out a bit more. Not necessarily say that this was LeBron's fault or even Rich Paul's fault, but in the past, they've done a a lot of work to try to keep these things from coming out because they want to protect the image of LeBron and the whole Clutch Sports empire. So to me, it's very interesting that this even got to the point where it came out. So I think it's something to kind of keep our eye on for the future, because, you know, it seems like, you know, where, where there's smoke, there's a little bit of fire. So I will say that. But overall, Nerdles know well, you're, you're an idiot, man. <laughs> now, I mean, I think he's on. Yeah, he's on a four year. Let me look this up. because I think he's making about. Yeah, so he's averaging about like eight, nine million dollars a year right now. It's on a four-year contract. So, you know, at least he was able to not totally miss out. He's not on a um Dennis Schroeder situation. <laughs> that, that was which was pretty that was just pretty embarrassing. But you know, at least he was able to, you know, not necessarily totally fall on his face. So at least he's he's doing okay. So yeah. you know, we'll see about that. I no, I think around this time, like, you got to think, because I think, like, this is, like, when t- I think Matthew Dovadova got some, like, yep. stupid offer from yep. uh from the Bucks and, like, yep. Tim- Timofey Mozgov. Yep. You know, got, like, was it, like, $40 million for, like, was it three or four years or something, something like that, something yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I guess I could see why, but, dude. Come on, man! You had eighteen million right. on the table and turned that down. Like I, I mean, that that's on you. That's on you. Yeah, uh, like I, I'm not seeking nobody's advice on that. Like I'm right. taking the money. Like, <laughs> like wh- whose advice do you need to seek out for this? Right, 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 right. And again, I mean, you know, I I don't necessarily. You know, I think because there's some people that may have said like, oh, well, why is he giving them that advice? Well, I mean, again, he's not a clutch client. So, of course, Rich Paul is going to try to gas him up and try to make it seem like, oh, no, yeah, turn that down. Because, you know, you can make a lot more. You know, if I was your agent, you know, I can get you this. Of course, he's going to say that because he's trying to get him as a client. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, again, like. For sure. He's not, and I'm. I guarantee you, he's not the only agent that has ever said that to another player, or even tried to even put that out there as a possibility when they're trying to recruit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that perspective, I really don't have a problem with what Rich Paul did. I again, like you said, I mean, you got 18 mil a year for four years. I mean, you gotta take that. And you gotta look at it too. Like, 
agent, I mean, like, who are his biggest clients at that time? Like, Anthony Davis, probably the Ben Simmons, LeBron. Yep. You Like, I'm thinking, like, is he really looking out for me, what? you know, at this point? I mean, am I going to – how much How much of his time am I going to get? Like, yeah, I mean, there. I did see some reports where they say, like, he – uh, like Carter or uh, not Carter, but um, like Rich Paul, like he wasn't taking calls or something for the Rockets, right. right? And or like I forget what the other team was for like Noel. Well, at the same time, it's like I don't know, man. Like, he, I'm like, is, is he checking in with Rich Paul, like asking, like, yo, what's going on? Like, I don't know, like, if, if you if you're like if you've got my future in your hands, like I'm all up in that business, like trying to figure out what's going on. Like, yo, I'm hearing this, this, and this, like what's good. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, he works for you. You don't work for him. So, you know, I mean, if you're having an issue, then I mean, like you can sign with somebody else. And and Mm -hmm. to your point again, I mean, listen, LeBron James is his main client. I mean, this is, you know, LeBron basically fronted Rich Paul the investment to start Clutch Sports. So, of course, mm-hmm. LeBron is going to be his primary client. And, you know, if he's working on something for LeBron, like, yeah, you're probably, you know, fifth or sixth on the list because you already mentioned Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons. And, <laughs> you know, what I mean, those guys are all going to hold priority over you. So, Mm-hmm. You know, something to think about if if you are going to sign with club sports you know it, it may be somewhat of a conflict of interest a little bit but you know again nobody said hey girl is like if you don't sign with club sports like you're not getting a look here or you're not going to sign you to a contract if you don't sign with club sports like nobody gave you that ultimatum like you know you're you're in the driver's seat here as the athlete so We'll see, but um, I, I find that hilarious. I don't. I really don't think it's going to hold up in court. I mean, I I doubt it, just because. I mean, I don't think Rich Paul crossed any lines or anything like that. Um, no. I do think he's going to have to pay Rich Paul the two hundred thousand dollars because he may have fired him, <laughs> but he's still. If he's the one that facilitated yeah. that contract, then yeah, like he he deserves he at least for, yeah for sure. So at least you better be glad you have something. Right, right, like, right, 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 exactly, exactly. So, yeah, because, yeah, at the end of the day, you chose to bet on yourself and you got right. hurt. Exactly, exactly, yeah, because he injured his thumb. So that, you know, that's just the luck of the draw. So we'll keep our eye on that. I, I you know, we'll, we'll see how, how that goes. But um, transitioning here to our NFL topics of the day. So first topic is uh you know job security and the unvaccinated so this is really in response to the whole cam newton situation in new england um came out earlier this week that he had to basically stay away from this the facilities because there was some mix up with you know his i think it was either his covid test or just something around um the protocols and there was some sort of miscommunication and because of that he had to actually mispractice for about three or four days so what it did was you know open up the door even more for a mac jones who was their first round pick and you know they were already in competition um so you know a lot of people are thinking oh boy like did they can essentially just lose his job because 
you know, on, I believe it was on Thursday, yesterday, yes, on, on Thursday, they played against, or not played against, they practiced against the New York Giants. Now, granted, it's the New York Giants, so, you know, they're in transition as well. But Mac Jones looked really good in that joint practice. <laughs> so the question is, you know, has Cam lost his job now? And, you know, I think the, the question that kind of popped in my head for, for the topic for the show this week was, you know, with the whole COVID situation and, you know, people deciding not to be vaccinated, people deciding to be vaccinated, you know, should job security be um, a thing? You know, should someone who hasn't been vaccinated, if they get COVID or if they break some sort of protocol or protocol, I should say, you know, should they still have some sense of job security or should it just be, hey, like you didn't get vaccinated, you were out, somebody else came in and played well and, you know, tough luck. So what what are your uh, thoughts on that, Coach K? <laughs> For me, uh, I feel like we've kind of talked about this before, but I think it all comes back to, like, the collective bargaining agreement, you know. And so, I mean, you may not like it, but, I mean, if you're – I mean, I guess – I am guess I'm kind of okay with teams having – I hate, like, I don't want to say this because, like, you know, I don't, I don't know, like, what they're trying to do with, like, forcing people to take, you know, um, uh, the vaccine. I don't agree with that. But at the same time, if it's, if there's already an agreement in place and everybody's kind of, you know, I mean, what can you really do? You know, I mean, and I mean, it's like, if you're not going to get the vaccine, like you have to, you can't put your other coworkers or your teammates at risk. So you're, you pretty much got to adhere to whatever the protocols are. And I mean, not, not to say that, you know, if you're vaccinated, that gives you any liberties to go out and do wherever you want. But at the same time, like, you know, in NFL, you get <clears throat> you get paid to win, win a championship. So you get paid to win games. Um, right now, I mean, Cam Newton, you know, we saw what he was doing last year. And then when he got COVID, it just kind of kind of derailed him. So, I mean, <clears throat> I guess for me, I'm like, I'm not saying that I'll get it, but I mean, it would definitely, I would, I'm, I'm definitely thinking about it, you know, because you think about it, this is really like how many more chance, chances is Cam Newton going to have to, to make a quote unquote comeback. Um, and, you know, say like something happens, maybe he gets COVID and Mac Jones and like Mac Jones come in, comes in and is, is playing well. Are you going to sacrifice like, um, like the team, like momentum for one player? Probably not. I mean, we saw, you know, we saw what happened with, um, was it Alex Smith? 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, in the 49ers. And Colin Kaepernick stepped in and was doing well. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it, I mean, it's something you got to think about. Like, I, I, I mean, job security, no job. I don't know. Even, even without, even beyond the uh, job security, I don't know. Like going beyond that, like you're. I feel like your position is never really secure because anything could happen. So whether that be injury or, you know, just you're not doing your job. But in this instance, I'm saying I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it because, you know, you get paid to do a job. And if you can't perform, then, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Yeah, like my job in particular, even if I did get COVID, I can work from home. Like, I got to you know, you don't have that luxury in the NFL. You're around a lot of people. There's there's different risks involved. So, yeah, that's- yeah, yeah. I'm I'm with you, Coach K. So, um, it it hurts because I like Cam Newton. I wanted to see him yeah. do well. Um, yeah, but I I think to you know kind of piggybacking off everything you said already. Um, the, the tough part about it is looking at Cam's situation specifically, you know, if Mac Jones does end up getting the starting job, I mean, what do they do with Cam? I mean, I because at a certain point, Cam's not a backup quarterback. Let's just no. – you can't – you can't have him as the backup quarterback. So does, does he get cut? And, you know, what, where does he go from there? I mean, does – Maybe, and I'm looking, you know, I'm kind of thinking off the top of my head of NFL teams. You know, maybe, maybe like a Denver could pick them up, you know, if they start off bad. Um, but most, most other teams are pretty, at least somewhat set at quarterback, or they're going to go with their guy. They're either, you know, rookie or, you know, or they're in their second or third year or, they already are established. So they're, they're, the market is already not large <laughs> already yeah. um, in terms of places to go. So, you know, kind of going back to the whole unvaccinated, vaccinated thing, um, and, and you mentioned this already, it's, I think you have to treat it like an injury, right? I mean, if he got hurt, say he got hurt in the last preseason game or he got hurt in practice and Mac Jones comes in and plays well, he's going to get the starting job. And – you know, respect your decision not to get vaccinated. You know, hey, that's that's a personal choice. But um, at the same time, you have to think about, to your point again, your coworkers, quote unquote, your rest of your teammates, because as you said already, <laughs> in the real world where we work, you know, most of us work in, you know, an office setting or, you know, in our little cubicles or whatever. I mean, I can work from home. You can't work from home in the NFL. There, there is no, no social distancing on the football. There is none. So, nope. and with the position that he plays being quarterback, with that being such an important position, oh, man, it, it's tough. It, it's a, it would be tough 
to not be vaccinated because I'm, I'm thinking if I was in his shoes, I mean, I definitely would get it. I mean, personally, I got it. I don't have any, you know, quarrels, you know, expressing that. Um, but I would get it because for one, he had COVID last year and, and mm-hmm. saw what that did to his momentum yep. last year because up until that point, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he did look good. Yep. Um, so that's one reason why I would get vaccinated. But then two, mm-hmm. I have to be realistic about the position that I'm in now. As much as, um, as much as I'm Cam Newton, and I fully believe that I'm that guy, and I'm still Cam Newton. You know that MVP Cam was you know six seven seasons ago. Right. <laughs> you know they did just. Right. A quarterback in the first round, not just in the first round, but a pretty high draft pick. So I kind of see the writing on the wall. So, you know, him not being vaccinated, that's just an extra dimension that he has to deal with. Uh, You're going to have to kind of do everything perfectly outside of that to ensure that you're going to play on top of Mm -hmm. not playing bad once you start playing, you know, when the season starts. Right. You know, I I feel bad for Cam, but you know, I, I I agree with you, man. I mean, it's just there's really there really isn't any job security, especially in the NFL, because you know it's yeah. it's already a a you know healthy or not healthy type of league. You know, can you mm-hmm. play or can't you play? Like physically, right? Like, are you physically able to do it? <laughs> right. It's already right. that type of league already, so. Once you add the the COVID element to it, I mean, hey, I, again, I respect your decision not to get vaccinated because that's your personal choice or whether it's religious decisions or what. But at the same time, if you're not here, I got to play somebody else. And if that somebody else plays well, sorry. Right. <laughs> so you know, it is what it is. Yeah. And you know what? Though? I will say this. If it doesn't work out in New England, I'm totally okay with him coming down to Dallas and you know, seeing what he can do. Cause I'm not, I'm tired of, I, I, I just got to take like two minutes to talk about Dallas, man. Like I'm, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> so like, you know, my struggles with the bulls, you know, my struggles with the yes. bulls. All right. Yes. The bulls have shown more promise in the last couple of years than, than Dallas has. Yeah. Like being, well, I mean, I guess over the last decade, yeah, I'll throw that in there because I don't know, man. But I'm I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of hearing about you know whether or not Dak's going to be ready to go. You know the first if it bro like get it get it done like <laughs> at least at least make it. At least, nah, like nah. They they need to they need to if they lose, it better be in the conference championship. And it better it better be by like a last minute drive or something something crazy <laughs> something crazy right right I'm tired of this man <laughs> well so piggybacking <sighs> off that Coach K uh, leading into our next question you know we have a in or out so basically who who do you have in the playoffs for the twenty twenty one or yeah, 2021, 2022, you know, playoffs. Um, so you can start with, you know, NFC, AFC, however you want to start. Cause I, I since since we're talking about the Cowboys, 
Do you do you even have them making the playoffs, or are you cautiously optimistic, or what? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I have no reason to be negative about the situation, taking taking into account like who's in the conference. They sh- they should have no problem making it at all. The only problem I see is the Washington football team, mm-hmm. but. Come on, man. <laughs> like, let's 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 be serious here. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll kind of go by conference. Uh, NFC East, Cowboys. The West. The West is going to be tough. Um, oh, I mean, it's the best division in football, without question. Ah. <sighs> It's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, I still am under the impression that Stafford is not going to do anything with the Rams. <laughs> um, that's just me. Um, I'm going to say the Seahawks. I don't know why. I'm just trusting my gut on that one. Okay. Uh, NFC North Packers. I mean, like, like that's the NFC South Buccaneers. Um, I guess like if I had to pick two more teams from the from the NFC um, conference, I would probably pick the Saints. Okay. And the Cardinals. Okay. You can actually pick one more because it's it's seven. Yeah, that's right, right. Oh you have three wild cards with the division winners. So yeah, you can pick one more. I'm gonna say the Falcons. Okay. Just because just because like they I mean, you could argue they probably have the best receiving – one of the best receiving crews. You know, I mean, they got Pitts, Kyle yeah. Pitts, and that whole gang. Um, that I feel like that's going to be a fun team to watch. We'll see what Matthew does. But I'm not really I'm not really banking. I'm about ready for Matty Ice to be out. <laughs> That's an interesting. It's an interesting pick though, because there's there's usually there's always like that on both on both sides, you know, AFC and NFC. There's always like that yeah. one surprise team. So yeah, you know that, that's I I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. So that yeah, that's yeah. Pick. Uh, AFC East. I'm picking the Bills to win that. AFC West. Chiefs, obviously. AFC North. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a tough one. Yeah. Super tough. Like man. Yeah, that's the second best division in football. Mm. One go with 
I don't know. I have no rhyme or reason for this, but I'm going to go with the Steelers winning the division. Okay. Uh, AFC South. Titans. Uh, with with um, man, and that sucks too because I wanted to see what the Colts were going to do, but uh, since homeboy got injured, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens there. Yeah. I mean, that was tough, too, because I really want to see, like, I want to see Carson Wentz, like, you know, nobody nobody likes to see their quarterback get injured. Well, supposedly uh, he's going to be ready for week one, so I, I don't know. Supposedly? Yeah, because he's been practicing, so I, I don't know. But that whole thing, that whole thing is weird, though. I don't know yeah. how you go from being out six to eight weeks and then all of a sudden, right? oh, he's ready week one. Like, yeah, I need to see something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, as far as the wild cards, I'll throw the Patriots in there. Uh, man. Mm. The Bengals. Okay. The Bengals. Uh. So okay, you got Joe Burrow coming back strong. Yeah, huh? yeah. Okay. I, I'm just I don't know for for whatever reason I'm just not I'm I'm just trusting like my gut. My okay. head's telling me to take the Browns, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Then I guess if Carson Wentz is, I'll say the Colts. Okay. If he's going to be ready week one. Okay. I know people's probably thinking I'm crazy for not picking the Ravens or the Browns, but. Yeah, that's, um, it's tough. Um, cause, yeah, because, you know, obviously injuries are, are a big factor, but, you know, with, with the Ravens, it is interesting because, you know, I, I don't know if they've done enough um, in terms of personnel on the receiver side. You know, I've said this right. before, so, you know, I kind of need to see how that looks. But, um, but yeah, but I'll, I'll go ahead and go with my picks. So, for the AFC, I got uh, Chiefs, um, Bills. You know, you know this hurts me, Coach K, but I got the Browns. <laughs> I just think it's too. They have too much talent, man. It's, I, yeah, I know. They, they really. Know. And again, I, and I said this, you know, last week. I, you know, I think uh, I like what I like the culture that they have there right now because specifically this off season, in terms of what we've heard coming out of like Baker Mayfield and even you know Odell and you know they've kind of just have that whole lunch pail mentality this off season, whereas in the past they. Yeah. Put, themselves up a little bit um so I, I do like the whole approach so i i do think it would actually work out for them this season but, um you know we'll, we'll see um i have the steelers um even though they have their own issues but they always as long as ben's healthy you know they always yeah. find a way to make the playoffs i don't know what they'll do after that but 
Um, then I got the Ravens. So this next one is really contingent on Carson Wentz because I have the Titans in there right now, but this whole Carson Wentz miraculous surgery comeback. <laughs> I'm curious because if he actually is healthy, I would put the Colts there instead of the Titans, but I'm just going to stick with the Titans for now because, again, I, I need to see how his foot looks and see how he actually looks once he plays the right. season because that, that's just – I find that pretty miraculous that, you know, he goes from one status – one dramatic status to the next dramatic status in right. a span of like two weeks. So I, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then my last pick is the Patriots. I, I think whether it's Cam or Mac Jones, um, I think with, you know, all of the opt-out players coming back and then not that the money that they spent in the off season and the players that they got, they didn't get any like, you know, big name brand type players, but, they got all pretty solid players that, that yeah. I think fits within, you know, what the Patriots want to do, you know, which is run the ball and, you know, play, play action and, you know, not make a lot of mistakes and do that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think they're going to, I think they can sneak in there into the playoffs. Um, then in my NFC picks, I got Buccaneers, um, Packers, Seahawks, um, I have the Cowboys in there. Um, <laughs> like you, you know, I, I do have a spot, soft spot for Dallas because, you know, as a kid, the big, you know, Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin and Emmett Smith and, you yeah. know, that whole 90s crew. So, um, and with this whole Dak Prescott shoulder, hard knocks, nonsense, you know, the the whole uninspiring Mike McCarthy coaching. <laughs> the man is just so dry. Um, but I just think that the talent is just as long as Dak healthy can, or Dak healthy, if Dak Prescott stays healthy, I should say, they should win this division and at least get in the playoffs. Um, Because that division is the worst. Mm -hmm. And I'm not picking them to do anything beyond that, but they should at least win the division. And, you know, looking at their schedule, I mentioned this, you know, on a show, it was just me and Coach JP3. I think when you look at their schedule, at least based on last year now, you know, those teams can obviously do better this year, but they have a tough first game with the Bucks, tough second game with the Chargers. But their next eight, nine games after that, I mean, are pretty winnable games, I think, even for the Cowboys. Because the one thing they do well in past seasons, even with their up and down sort of results, they, for the most part, play against bad teams well, but they don't play well against good teams. And those next eight to nine games after the first two games are – winnable games in my opinion so that should at least get you to seven eight wins right there and then if you at least you know worst case scenario if you get to 
split you split the division. That's another four wins right there. So that gets you to eleven. That should get you in the playoffs, I would think. So I'm picking the Cowboys again, unless if Dak's shoulder falls off his body, which I hope it don't happen, but we'll see. Uh. <laughs> um, I disagree with you on the Rams. I think Matt Stafford. I, I like the Matt Stafford uh, yeah. McVay combination. Um, obviously, their running back situation, you know, it's a little, you know, it's not as great as I would like to see it. Um, but I do think scheming wise, and they can do it by committee, and they have a very good defense, uh, you know, of course. So, um, they'll, they'll, I think they'll be tough. I, I, I know, I know Matt Stafford, he's kind of somewhat, I don't want to use the word polarizing, but. Um, there is a lot of opinions about him because, you know, with Detroit all those years, everybody sees the talent. But at the same time, Detroit is such a dumpster fire as an organization. A wasteland. Right, right. But at the same time, if you're looking at Matt Stafford, it's like, well, you are the quarterback. And if you are that good, like, couldn't you have, like, at least raised everybody's level at least a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know, so – that. He has a lot to prove this 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 season, and you know, I, I do think that he'll he'll play well. So I I, I do think they can get in as a as a wild card. Um, this next one, I think this is a little bit more hard overhead. I got the Cardinals because I really like Kyler Murray, and I want to see him do yeah. well. I like how he plays, so I'm hoping that he can he can get in or get the Cardinals in. Um, their team is a little season i would say but you have aj green you have um you know fitz is still there jj watt is there um so yeah deandre hopkins i mean he's arguably the best receiver in the league we'll we'll see we'll see how that works but you know i i really like Kyler murray so i'm hoping that that he can you know pull it all together now this next one, this may be because I was trying to look this up. I don't know if this has ever happened before, but I got the 49ers in there. I think that would be the first time all four teams in the division made the playoffs. So I think it's possible, obviously, because there's one extra team in the playoffs. But right. I just I think that's the best division in football. And you know, they're going to pretty much beat each other up on their divisional games, but I think it will serve them well once they play the rest of their schedule. They're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, whether even if it's Jimmy G or whether it's Trey Lance, um, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat either way. So um, I, I have them slightly over New Orleans, and I would have picked New Orleans because I like the fact that they announced that Jameis Winston is going to be the starter because they need to stop with this whole Taysom Hill nonsense because he's not a quarterback. Yeah. Basically a slightly faster version of Tim Tebow. So let's stop. Um, <laughs> shout out to Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Tim Tebow. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I like New Orleans' defense, but the fact that they're not going to have Michael Thomas – that's a big blow. Um, 
you still have Alvin Kamara there. You can use him as a weapon, but mm-hmm. them not having Michael Thomas there, that, that's a huge blow. Now, if he was playing, I would actually pick the Saints to edge it out over the 49ers. But with him not – well, I don't know if he's going to be done for the season, but he had surgery a little later. So, yeah, be out for a majority of the season, I would think. I mean, at least half. Um, so, you know, as much as I like Jameis and I think his – maturity and you know he's obviously was good enough to to win the job that's that's why they gave it to him but right you know with Sean Payton kind of being the quarterback whisperer if you will he can cut down on the turnovers and be productive um so I really like that but again I mean with no Michael Thomas there I just think the 49ers can maybe edge out that one or two wins that you may need that will that will separate those two so that's those are my picks for for the playoffs. Um, but man, I, I tell you, man, I look at those Cowboys, man. I don't know, dude. It's... <laughs> don't say nothing bad now, man. Just because that's like my my whole time. I was just like, dude, like I'm, I'm wondering what Natty's gonna say about the Cowboys because <laughs> if, if he picks them, like you know. <laughs> Because, man, you've been throwing out these, like, predictions. Yeah, you know I know. What I'm saying? I'm just like, man. I know. But, nah, but go ahead, man. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, I, I think with, with – uh, especially with the playoff predictions at the beginning of the season, I mean, there's – it's such a – Toss-up. Toss-up. I mean, obviously, there's a few teams that you know, like – I mean, obviously, if everybody's healthy, like, you know, okay, Kansas City, all right, there it is. Tampa, like, they're in. Um, yep. Packers, like, they're in. But, you know, a lot of these other teams, there's just so many things that can't happen and will happen during the season that there, it could just be a total wipeout. And like and like I said, you know, when, when you pick in Atlanta, there's always that one team that sort of comes out of nowhere that we didn't see coming like yeah. uh, I, I think about um Jacksonville a few years ago when they went to the AFC championship game against against the Patriots and you know they, oh, they yeah. pretty much had the Patriots down but nobody really saw them nobody really picked them to be in the AFC championship yeah. game that year they kind of snuck up on people yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know they always kind of had a good defense but they seemed to leave at least able to put it together someone on offense so you know, there's always that one team that that sort of surprises you. Um, so you know, we'll see who that is. But yeah, I, I like that. I like, I like you going out on a limb, though, Coach K. That's that's pretty solid. Hey, I'm just trying to trying to trust my gut instinct. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I I feel mm-hmm. you, and I'm telling you, man, on the Browns, y'all know how much I hate Cleveland, just the city and <laughs> the Browns themselves. But yeah. Man. Because I, I really want to, like, say they're just going to be a disaster. But every time I see, you know, little clips of them practicing and, you know, just, again, like I said, the the quotes that I'm hearing as far as coming out of Cleveland, you know, Baker Mayfield and his whole demeanor and all that, I'm like, you know what? I think they'll be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember, I don't know, man, I'm just like, I guess one thing about the Browns fans, though, they are loyal. 
They know, are. Know. Absolutely. I, I can't, yeah. yeah, you can't deny that. They're loyal and you know being from Ohio, from Columbus, Ohio, I mean, listen, I you know, I remember when there were no Cleveland Browns. So, you know, a, a lot of people kind of forget that. And because even with me, you know, when I when I moved, um, you know, oh, you don't like the Cleveland Browns? I'm like, well, you have to remember, I mean, by the time I was because I was, what, seven at the time, 95? Yeah. You know, by the time you really start to kind of have some sense and really some, you know, memories about sports, there were no Cleveland Browns. So right. I don't really have an attachment to them like that. <laughs> um, you know, so taking all that yeah. into account and, and, and the fact that they came back, and I, I get all of that, but I, I just can't stand them. I really can't. I can't. Um. At, at my core, I do not want the Cleveland fans to do well. It just doesn't. It, it bothers me. <laughs> I mean, LeBron got a, LeBron got him a ring. They should yeah. be happy for another fifty. You know, for another fifty years at least. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is though, and, and Coach K, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If somehow the Cleveland Browns won Super Bowl, you know, whether you know, obviously this year or if they win a Super Bowl. And specifically, if Baker Mayfield is the one that actually leads them to win the Super Bowl, like they would forget about LeBron James in a heartbeat because it's a football town, it's a football city. Like that would mean more than the Cleveland Cavaliers championship. Ah, uh, I think it would. That may be blasphemous. That, that's tough because, like, I feel like LeBron always has that kid from Akron. Like the Northeast Ohio, like attachment to his name. Yep, he does. Like, all this, all, I mean, it's like, uh, like they still like, but then again, they're still like defacing. Man, I don't know. I I just think it's it's you know in the state of Ohio it's, is it's a football close. state. You know, it's it's it's. It's hard to describe because for our non-Ohio listeners, it's 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 hard to describe football in Ohio. Oh, I'll put it like this: I think the it would take the whole team to be remembered. I, I, I don't know, like the whole team itself could possibly be bigger than LeBron. Yeah, but it's not going to be that by that much because LeBron is such a polarizing character. Yeah, like I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. <laughs> I that 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 is something that has to go to a Cleveland like has to be that has to go to a Cleveland fan. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, because because as much as I love Cle- the Cleveland Browns, <laughs> I can't. I'm not a real. I'm not a really. I'm not a big fan of their fans. Um, they are like, cause like I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but like right. I'm not like I don't know like when you talk about like Ohio State fans or like right. I'm an Ohio State fan too. But when you talk about like the, the there's like there's this level that like Cleveland Brown fans and like Ohio State fans can go to that nobody else nobody can else. go to nobody else can go to 
Yeah. And I, you know, like, but I don't, you know what? It might, it might mean more uh, because it's just like, they're always going to have, it's like the Browns are always going to be there for them. Yep. Versus like, you know, like LeBron, I don't know, like, it's nothing like being. It's not. It's nothing like being a Browns fan. That's what. That, and plus, the Browns have somewhat of a storied history, more so than the Cavaliers, in my opinion. Because you have yeah. like you know those Jim Brown years, and obviously they were you know it was just the NFL at that point where they weren't the combined leagues with the AFL at that point. Yeah. Um, and then you have the kind of the heartbreak in the eighties. You know the the infamous drive play, they fumble at the one yard line against Denver and all that. I mean, yeah. they do have that storied history more so than Cleveland. So I just think there's more of that emotional attachment to the Browns, even though they love LeBron and him popping up and you know winning the championship. But I just think, man, if if, if they really won a championship, man, I'll tell you, Baker Mayfield could do no wrong in Cleveland. Probably not. I mean, he'll never be as polarizing of a character, but the Browns winning a championship would, I think, I would definitely, I think it could definitely overshadow, like, the, the 2016, like, NBA, uh, the NBA, yeah. But the, the thing, the thing, the, te- the thing that would kind of, like, um, would be uh, the deciding factor, I guess, would be like how big would the parade be? Yeah, because oh, that bro, that Ooh. that Cleveland parade was yes. like, <laughs> yo. So, and I say this too, like Cle- the Cleveland Cavs winning, the Cleveland Cavs winning, I feel like was more for the state of Ohio. I'll say that mm. more so than just like then more so it was i mean it was big for cleveland but i think it was just big for ohio in general versus like the browns win like i don't care like <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know man like, i guess so i guess many, like, yeah. yeah i guess you're right yeah it does have it had that more ohio versus the world with the cavaliers more so yeah i guess it'll be more specifically just cleveland more so if it's the brown or just that northeast ohio Girl. Yeah, yeah, for sure. so, yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, thinking about it. Yeah. Well, we'll see either way. So you know the season's oh, starting pretty soon. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, with it being football season, you know that that's prime time here in America. So, um, you know, definitely <laughs> excited for the season to start. So we'll see how things evolve, and we'll you know we'll definitely talk about it as as the weeks go on. So. Transitioning to our last topic, last but not least, um, you know, what's going on in sports media? So, (laughs) you know, I'm sure, you know, everybody um, who are, you know, sports debate show fans, um, you know, saw the news uh, this past week about, um, you know, Max Kellerman being removed from first take and, you know, Stephen A was the one that made the decision to remove him and, you know, Stephen A filled in for Jimmy Kimmel on late night. Um, and then, you know, even heard rumors about uh, them possibly replacing Max with uh, Michael Irving. 
Um, we saw the whole Rachel Nichols basically being kicked off all NBA related um, news outlets or pretty much anything NBA related in terms of ESPN. She's not going to be on. <laughs> Obviously, a residual effect of the whole situation with Maria Taylor and her being kind of recorded and she didn't realize she was being recorded and her kind of expressing her you know, frustrations with what uh, the decision-making of, of ESPN and, and putting Maria Taylor in the spotlight instead of her. Um, so with all that being said, Coach K, what's, what's kind of your opinion on just the whole sports media world right now? Is it, uh, you know, is it too much? Are they giving Stephen A too much power? You know, are you like the direction that they're going? Like what, what, what you think? To be honest, I don't even know why. Like, I, when I watched First Take, I think I watched it more for, like, I knew that most of their opinions were just, like, garbage. Right. But I think I watched it more so for the entertainment value because I like watching Skip Bayless and, like, Stephen A, mm-hmm. you know, go back and forth. Um, I mean, and, and, and like, I, I, like, I had no reason for tuning in. It was just... That's what I like. But, like, when they brought Max Kellerman on, it was just like, <laughs> this dude has no backbone whatsoever. And he just says stuff that's like, what? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, to be honest, like, I'm happy to see Max Kellerman, like, get taken off the first take. Like, he's he's been there for too long. Anyways, like, I don't know. Like, um, I guess... I guess yeah. So like when I watch ESPN, I'm when I, if I watch first thing, I'm watching for the entertainment value, not necessarily like because I enjoy um, like Max Kellerman's and like you already know what you're gonna get with Stephen A. But like Max Kellerman, like I just I don't find any value in anything that he really says. So like I could really care less one way or another whether or not he gets. You know, he he ever shows back up on first take or not. Right, right, right. Um, as far as like Stephen A having too much power, um, I I feel like one man having too much power is like you know a dangerous thing. But when you think about how how much like Stephen A means to that show, like they don't have nobody to if Stephen A like bounces, they don't have anybody to like kind of take his place, like. Um, I can't, I can't really think of anybody even that's like, uh, cause like Stephen A is like such a polarizing character, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, that's, and I, I guess that's, that's what like, I don't know. And, and, you know, if he's, I, don't, I haven't watched the Jimmy Kimmel show since he's been hosting it. So I mean, I might have to check that out, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I, to be honest, like I'm kind of tired of Stephen A too. So, and honest, like all these transitions that are happening, like I'll get to the Rachel Nichols um, in a second. Uh, I guess I do like the idea of like them. I've heard like the idea that might go with is them bringing in different guests to debate with Stephen A. Mm-hmm. So I'm making it more of like a Stephen A show, which you know I'm like I'm 
I I guess that would be interesting. I might like I might shine into that, but like it could also be a good way to like you know test test the waters and and see like who might be a good you know fit to mm-hmm. to eventually like you know fill in the role or you know vice versa. Yeah, I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't want to see Michael Irving on on first take. <laughs> and I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, but you know, it'd be it'd be interesting. Like maybe they can maybe they could pull like I mean you know maybe they could pull getting like a Tom Brady or like a you know uh, when he retires or or something. But you know, for the most part, I I don't know. Like I'm ESPN for me is kind of just like I have I'm. I've I really have only been watching like ESPN for the highlights more so recently than any. Mm-hmm. You know, or like if I just need like if I need to know like what's going on in sports news, to me it's not like I don't watch it for for the debates too much anymore. I, right. I get that from like most of the Fox Sports like shows. Yeah. Fortunately, I mean I still I still like Jalen Rose, you know, but I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. What um now was there another one you mentioned other than the Rachel Nichols situation? Oh, um who else? Who else? Um yeah, now my memory's gone. Um yeah, because it was Rachel Nichols and then no, that was it. Because it was just uh oh, Stephen okay, A okay, doing okay. the late night and then oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Him kicking Max off. Yeah, and Michael yeah. Irvin potentially being yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was yeah, it. Uh, yeah. I don't want to see the Michael Irvin thing. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I fo- I fully hope that I wish Stephen A the best. Like I hope he kills it as a late night host because you know if it helps him, you know, move on to something else and get him off of ESPN, I fully support him and his dreams. Yep. You know, and like I like I've nothing bad to say about Stephen A. It's just that you know like. I feel it feels so weird because I feel like we're in such an age now of like there's so there's been such a, a transition going on as far as just like you know you're so used to seeing like certain people on TV uh, even you know even Rachel Nichols and um, and I don't know like I so I I don't know. I need to I need to revisit that whole story with Rachel Nichols. Um, like, you know, talk. I mean, if they were being recorded and they didn't know about it, or like that's that's pretty crazy though. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's just like I don't know. Like, it. I mean, it sucks if she's just if they're just completely. I don't like in my personal opinion. Like, I'm I'm not agreeing with anything that she said. But um, did they have to completely like remove her from the, everything from the NBA? Because like I feel like some of the even some of the NBA players were like, I feel like they're just like wilding, you know, just making like a bunch of rash decisions. But yeah, um, I guess for me, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like I feel like she has done a lot. I mean, you, she has done a lot, but. I honestly think it's probably – I think it's probably something for ESPN. They're just trying to – they're probably just using it as a reason to get to get somebody new or to, you know, to to get um, 
you know, more black mm-hmm. uh, people in certain roles, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't want that because I don't want that to come at the expense of somebody else. And like, plus, you don't know that can that could lead to you know other people having certain feelings about the situation. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I don't know. I for me, I thought. I mean, what happened to the days where, like, you know, you say something and then you just, like, <laughs> apologize, you know what I'm saying, or or do, you know, I don't know, man. I, I just feel like, but then at the end of the day, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, I think, I think it, I think it was just an unfortunate situation that got turned, I think that it got turned into something. Um, it's kind of just created a mind of its own and just started like yeah yeah no you're right because once it got on social media like it just you know once you put it out there on the internet like it just takes a mind of its own and then it's it's just a mess absolutely i agree yeah 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 i mean kind of I think my first initial thoughts are (laughs) kind of I (laughs) so I'm gonna clarify this so like how I view this whole Stephen A power situation um I respect it because for one like I view him the same way I kind of view Oprah and not necessarily that they're on the same level, but just in terms of the fact that they were able to, or he's been able and she's been able to build, you know, like, like a brand and even amongst like big, powerful mm-hmm. networks, you know, that traditionally, you know, don't really have a lot of people of color or anything like that in terms of diversity and being able to make decisions on shows or just overall decision-making power on the direction of what the network is going. So I applaud that, you know, with him being African-American, like, Hey, like I, you know, shouts out to you, Stephen A for doing your thing. Shouts out to Oprah Winfrey for doing her thing. Now, do I necessarily like any of their content? No, (laughs) I don't really care for it at all. I really don't watch first take at all. Um, Because to me, Stephen A's opinions don't really add any sort of substance at all to me. Um, I think he yeah. just starts yelling and, you know, he starts making fun of the Cowboys and people like it. And to your point, there's an entertainment factor of it. And to be totally honest, that's kind of the point because ESPN or AKA Disney, that's the parent company, you know, when it's on TV, it's about entertainment. It's not necessarily about having any substance per se. Like you can go in there and act a fool, as long as it's going to get you some good ratings, they're still going to put you on TV. And it's funny you said about the whole Rachel Nichols situation. You know, one of the days, like, man, you can just apologize and then that's it. Well, that seems to happen to Stephen A. because he has power. Because the whole Otani situation, the baseball player. Oh, yeah, exactly. Stephen A was just able to apologize, and then that was it. Um, you know, him butchering the Nigerian basketball players' names during the Olympics. 
he didn't even really apologize for that. No. no. Um, the whole Kwame Brown fallout, you know, situation. He didn't apologize for that. And yet he's just elevating even higher. So I think it just kind of goes towards even the conversation we had, you know, a few, a few shows ago when we're talking about, um, you know, equality versus equity. I think this is a prime example of it, right? I mean, you know, certain people just have a longer leash. Like that's just the reality. Like we're, we're all not on the same equal playing field that just, it doesn't exist. And this is a perfect scenario because, um, you know, with Rachel Nichols, not that I'm defending her, not that I even feel sorry for her, you know, because she said what she said. And honestly, I agree with most of what she said in terms of the ESPN perspective that she was talking about. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're just going to put Malika Andrews in her position. And even with Maria Taylor, like, would they like to have kept her? Yeah, sure. But if she leaves, there's somebody else they can hire and put in that position because especially in the TV world, the same thing kind of going back to even the Cam Newton thing, right? I mean, there's really nothing, there's nearly not that job security, right? Like there's only so many positions that are open in the NFL. There's only so many positions that are open on TV. Like there's only one ESPN NBA pregame show. There's only one. So they'll just find somebody else and somebody else will certainly be willing to step into that role because there's only one of those jobs. Um, So, you know, in those scenarios, it's just kind of, that's just kind of how the cookie crumbles as they say. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, as far as Stephen A and, you know, what's going on in sports media, I think we've kind of started to see this trend go that way because, you know, it's kind of gone from a more, technical journalism type environment to an entertainment environment along with competing with social media and trying to be first and necessarily not necessarily being right so that's kind of what it's turned into so it'll be interesting to see how it progresses forward if things kind of change if things kind of shift back or or what because again you know you can only do a certain thing for so long before it doesn't catch on anymore yeah. and so it'll right. be interesting to see you know from Stephen a's perspective because i feel like he's has maybe this sense of bulletproofness i guess that that's not a word but because he like i said he's says some crazy stuff that normally he does <laughs> Like normally you would get does. some sort of like reprimand for it, but instead, like they giving my man more power. I'm like, man. you know, hey, like and like I said, I one side of me is like, hey, I, you know, there's been plenty of other people before that that's happened to. So with him being, you know, again, him being African American, he looks like he's just taking advantage of that as well as some of you know prior. TV personalities have so hey, more power to him. But mm. me personally, I don't really care for what he got to say because it's just he's not really giving me any sort yeah. of yeah. And you know, one thing I'll say too is like I feel like too even back in the day, like we've seen some people move on. I mean, obviously, like Skip Bayless, 
Aaron Andrews moved on. And, you know, she was like, we were used to seeing her like all the time for like college football and everything. Yep. Carrie Champion moved on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't know. I hope, I hope, and I guess my hope is that I guess this sets, sets it up for Rachel Nichols. Maybe she can move on to something else. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I do look forward to, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm just more or less curious, like, what's going to happen when Stephen A. eventually moves on for ESPN? Because I don't think there's necessarily a contingency plan in place. Yeah, they're, they're putting the eggs in the Stephen A. basket for sure. All of them. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like, I feel like, especially over the past couple of years, I've seen more, I've seen more and heard more of Stephen A. than I really would like to. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. I'm just see, like, I'm, To I'm your cool. point, like, when is it too much? Because, you know, at a certain point, it's going to be like, man, I don't want to see him on every single channel. He's on Sports Center, Like, he has his radio show. He's doing yeah. Late Night. He's doing First Take. He's doing – um, because I see him doing, like, UFC, <laughs> boxing. I'm like, my goodness. Like, I, I don't know. I feel like people are just going to be, like, sick and tired of hearing this dude. Yeah, how much does he know about boxing? Because doesn't he always defer to Max Kellerman on that anyway? He does. I know he's a boxing fan, uh, but, you know, yeah. for the most part, when I hear him talk, I just hear him just kind of ramble on. He don't really give it a lot of, like, specific, right. like, analysis when it comes to, like, boxing. Same thing with UFC, too. Like, I don't really, you know, I think he's just there for the entertainment part. And that's why ESPN yeah. on those pregame shows. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll we'll see. We will see, but um, but yeah, but that's it for the show today. As always, thank you all for listening. We'll definitely be back next week um, with some more topics. And you know, again, we appreciate you all listening, and definitely stay blessed and stay safe, y'all. Oh yeah.